What's good people? Welcome to the first instalment, the first ever instalment to the Modern Muscle Academy podcasts. Here with your host, Joe Foster. So, why podcasting? Man, I've been wanting to do this for a long, long time. Podcasting to me has been such a useful and valuable tool in expanding my knowledge in whatever given area that I've wanted to learn about. So fitness mainly, yeah, but other stuff like mindset, business, and even podcasts like Joe Rogan's podcasts, not related to fitness, they're just fantastic to listen to and just almost another method of escapism. So commuting, I'll always put on a podcast um, as opposed to listening to music and just bop my head aimlessly and sing for God knows half an hour to an hour. As fun as that is, it's not the most productive use of your time and I'm always trying to maximize my productivity. So this is just another medium for for myself to pass on my own knowledge of what I've learned. I've got some really big plans for this podcast. I want to get some really exciting guests on, um, ones way more knowledgeable and higher up in the industry, industry than myself, so that obviously it's not just you guys learning, I'm learning from this podcast as well. We can all learn together, yeah? And hopefully some of you guys are coming back to listen to this initial podcast because the podcast has grown quite substantially in the next two, three years. That's uh, that's my plan. I want to do these uh, on a frequency basis of about every two weeks, so bi-weekly, 24 a year, so that should soon add up to some fantastic podcasts. All right, so for those that are listening who have no idea who I am, which I assume is a fair few of you, my name is Joe Foster. I'm a 21-year-old one-to-one personal trainer from Essex. I'm also an online coach on top of that. I provide diet and meal plans to those who want them as well. Diet and meal plans, diet and training plans. Oh, too much coffee, too much coffee. So, I've run through the plans of my podcasts, my name, what I do. Uh, I'm going to briefly go into some personal background about myself as well, just so that you guys have a more personal feel of who it is that you're listening to right now. As I say, my name is Joe Foster, I'm 21 years old, and I'm from Essex. I'm a personal trainer, online coach. Um, I've been in the fitness industry ever since I left school. I'll talk about my fitness background first. So, I started playing uh, sports. Well, the term sports is quite loose in this in this context. I started playing golf <laughs> when I was about three to four years old. I was really young. Um, my dad enjoyed playing recreationally at the time, so I was just almost into it because of that. Um, my parents paid for me to get some really good lessons. Uh, I became very good very quickly, and even from a young age, maybe like six or seven, I became quite fixated on becoming as good as I could possibly at that sport. Again, sport in quotation marks, because it's golf. Um, And yet I'd spend um, every free moment of the day outside. I think I convinced my dad to dig a hole in the back garden so that I could practice my putting. Yeah, I was really young and and really, really sad. But um, that sort of characteristic of mine carries over to basically everything I've done in my life, because after golf... Um, when I just burnt out of, of of liking it, just because of the amount of time that I was spending doing it, um, I was I think I was about eight years old or nine years old. I started getting heavily into football, um, and I played in goal, which is a really weird position, goalkeeper to to have a real interest in. But again, I developed the same sort of interest, um, intense interest, as I did golf to goalkeeping. So again, I'd be out in the garden, we'd have a, a goal in the back garden, 
and I'd force my brother, who was probably about five at the time, um, and my parents to just kick the ball at me so that I could practice my saves. Um, just get as good as I could, as good as I could at that given thing, um, because I had some major reflexes and I still do. Um, so the, that was just what I what I did, um, and I played football for quite a long time. I think longer than I was into golf. I played for um, Morden Saints, big up the Morden man them, <laughs> um, for quite a few years. It's the only team I ever played for, but I played for a number of years. I, I think I played between the ages of eight. Um, to about 12 or 13 and then came back when I think was maybe like f uh, 15, 16 I'm not totally sure um, but again I stopped that just because um, I burnt out because I spent all of my time and energy and focus on that whenever I could and that just seems to be the cycle um, or seems to have been the cycle through my life so far is, um, is find an interest and just absolutely dive headfirst into it and not care about anything else Almost an autistic trait, um, you know, autistic level focus and, and such. Now it's um, it's a good thing, but it, there's also detrimental um, costs to it. For for instance, burning out very quickly. Um, and after that, it was um, it was less sporty stuff. Like um, I used to play Xbox a lot, and I actually started making video content on uh, on YouTube and stuff of me playing Xbox and. More so like editing, so video editing, and that then moved into making short films, like shooting, producing, and editing short films, which I put on YouTube and stuff like that. It was just more creation. I've been always been quite a creative person, uh, and again, burnt out of that and got quite sick of it. Um, I got a place at university to do like kind of film creation and editing, but I didn't. I never went just because I had no passion left for it. So spending three more years plus of studying that would have just been such a waste of time for me. Um, so instead, when I left school at 17, when I didn't really know what I wanted to do, um, I got an apprenticeship in personal training. Because I'd been into training for um, a few years at that point, I'm going to go into my training background in more detail because I've got some questions to answer, and one of them is referring to how I got into it in the first place. But as I say, I was interested in training at the time when I was 17. Um, so I thought, you know what, I'm, everyone says like, do what you enjoy. Um, and I didn't know what else I wanted to do at the time so I did end up getting that apprenticeship at the personal training gym and this is um, Extreme Gym in Danbury when I was 17 um, Extreme Gym um, I spent around maybe a year and a half there um, got all my qualifications level 2 and 3 um, so I could then go off and use those qualifications to personal train I left that gym as I say 18 months after um, after starting there and then went to Ballantyne Health Club in Braintree where I spent again a good maybe 14 months there or maybe even longer it might be longer but I spent a good amount of time um, getting a lot of experience with different people different clientele um, got some way more qualifications than I'm ever going to need doing that job which was um, I'm, I'm thankful for and, and again met some really really cool people um, however October of 2018 so last October I took the plunge and now I'm completely self-employed which at 21 is a pretty big thing to undertake. However, um, I don't really have much fear when it comes to things like that. Um, I've got a pretty good sense of perspective and I know that things are going to be fine uh, because I genuinely have a passion for this and business is good. I'm helping a lot of people, which is just, again, the reason I got into this was to 
to help as many people as I can because it, it gave me a lot of confidence getting into weight training myself when I was you know 16, 17 years old because I was always quite a shy kid, kept myself to myself um, and it just gave me a lot more confidence and um, I don't think it's directly because of muscle mass and strength, I think it's more again finding something that you're good at and just pursuing that gives you you know a sense of gratification and satisfaction uh, of yourself. That's a brief, um, again personal background, very brief. Um, and now I want to explain exactly what Modern Muscle Academy is because up until now I've not spoke about it. Um, this is February 2019. I've not spoke about it yet. I don't know when you're listening to this, but as I say, nothing has been announced yet uh, as of now. So Modern Muscle Academy, um, it's just expansion of my services. It's a project that I'm going to be working on like greatly through 2019. I don't know yet if I'm going to be taking more people on with this project as in um, getting partners involved, etc. But it's something that I've wanted to do for years. Um, but I just never felt that I was um, credible enough because I was, um, I think I was like 18 or 19 at the time when I came up with this idea. But it's to go alongside with my current services of one-to-one personal training, of online coaching and delivering meal and training plans. I greatly appreciate the cost of hiring a professional in any industry. So whether that be fitness, whether that be like, you know, mortgage, brokering or accounting, etc. It's, it's costly to hire a professional. So I understand that not everybody has a budget for it. This project is going to be tailored towards those individuals entirely. So maybe uni students, for example, people that don't have or only have a part-time job, and people that have a lot of expenses, this is going to be exactly for you. So a cheaper alternative to personal training and online coaching while still getting, hopefully, as much value as I can offer for a very cheap rate. I think at the moment it'll be priced at £10 per month, so a tenth of my online coaching cost. But again, you will not receive the online coaching experience. It's more going to be the giving you the tools to then go off and use in your own training, diet, supplementation, recovery regimes, you know. Um, and what it's going to be um, is a place where people can learn from beginner into intermediate to advanced and how to take control of their body composition. And the term modern muscle comes from basically the new age and, and what we're finding out now about how the old ways are just not, they're not useful anymore and they're not relevant and they're not right um, so you don't have to spend the day eating chicken and broccoli to get shredded, to get lean. You don't have to train seven days a week. Uh, you don't have to... It'll all be explained on the site, basically. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm really, really excited to get up and running. There'll also be training videos of, my, of not only myself, but other athletes. A bit like this podcast, um, people are higher than me. Um, because I don't want... I never want this to be about me. This is always about the consumer. So you guys, learning as much as you can... And me just trying to provide that service for you guys is just, this is just more of it, you know, podcasting, Modern Muscle Academy, it's just more of me giving back. Um, so yeah, that's definitely coming this year. I'm looking for videographers currently, um, some graphic designers and stuff. The website I can build myself, I've built two websites now that are fully functioning so that I can handle. Um, but again, I think you should always like seek help if you're not 100% in what it is you're trying to undertake so much like I would get a coach if I was going to compete in a bodybuilding stage because I've never done that before I would then seek other people in you know other expertise in other areas to help me with this project as well because 
no matter how stubborn I am, and no matter how good I think I am at things, <clears throat> there is always someone better than me, so you can always seek guidance, and I think that's a quite a key lesson to, to take away from that. Alright, so that's Modern Muscle Academy out of the way. Without further ado, I'm going to start some question and answers. So, last night, um, I put out a little thing in my Insta story, asking if people had some questions for my first podcast. I've narrowed it down to three questions that I'm going to answer in some detail. Bearing in mind, I'm going to keep this podcast to commuting length, which is about 25 to 35 minutes. So, we'll uh, we'll dive into these questions now, people, alright? So, um, my friend Paul, um, this is one of my old extreme friends and colleagues, so back in the day, I started working with Paul. Great guy, great friend. He's been a client as well. He's absolutely fantastic. And he's asked me, what made you f- what made you first get into training? And what keeps you motivated to train now? They were two separate questions, but I'm going to answer them together. So what made me first get into training? I first walked into a gym. Um, I'm going to exclude like a health club because it wasn't really... I was just on the rowing machine doing nothing. The first time I walked into a gym to train with weights was when I was 14 or 15 years old. And I was dragged in by my friend Andre. And I don't know if Andre's listening. It'd be so cool if he was. I know he follows the page. But uh, Andre, if you're listening, give me a message, man. We'll link up and we'll get a training session in for old time's sake. Because I've not seen him in ages. But Andre was the first person that dragged me into old Ironworks gym in Maldon. Uh, Again, 14 or 15 years old. I felt... In fact, I I wasn't intimidated because... It was, it was such a friendly place, but it's got that stigma around it of being a rough and ready place, or at least it did back then. So again, walking as a school kid was a bit daunting for some, but for me, it was more like motivational. Um, amongst that, there were people in my year group at school, um, namely Alex, Jordan, and Johnny, who were making significant progress in terms of muscular gain. I was like, shit, like these guys are smashing it. Um, and I really admired them for that. Um, and so basically, like, kind of me and Andre went into the gym to try and you know gain some muscle of our own. I think Alex Hall as well, one of my fantastic clients now, was with us too. Um, and from there, we just trained as a three, and we made some really, really good progress quite quickly. We didn't know what we were doing really. We just um, we used the machines. We did some bicep curls, but being in that noob beginner gym training phase, we made pretty good progress, I and mean, we were just eating. More or less everything. I didn't start as an overly skinny kid, but Andre and Alex did. Um, so I was eating very similar to them. So I gained weight quicker um, than them too, because I wasn't, again, I wasn't a skinny kid. I was just like, I'd say I was like skinny fat sort of thing. I had like barely any muscle, but I wasn't a small guy either. Um, but yeah, it made significant progress in, like, you know, for a noob in about a year and a half, two years. And I'd say like, um, this is quite a funny thing because whenever you ask somebody that's quite advanced when they started training they'll never tell you the exact like first time they walked into a gym for me it was 14, 15 but again I wouldn't say that I got serious until I started at extreme before that my training was um, was subpar I trained hard but with awful form with no no attention to execution it built me a decent amount of muscle for my age I must say I was quite muscled for like 16, 17 um, but again could have been way better progression if I, if I knew what I knew now. But again, that's that's hindsight, isn't it? That's the same with everything. Um, if I knew now, if I knew back then what I knew now, I'd be better. And that's just that's just everything in life. So it's fine. It's all a learning process. Um, so yeah, seriously, since I was 17. But again, my knowledge has just developed year upon year upon year. 
um, from that. So yeah, that's what made me first get into training, being dragged in by my friends, seeing other people in my year go and progress, and then motivating me. Um, and again, the second part of this question is, what keeps you motivated to train now? Um, it's not even motivation anymore, Paul. It's more, um, it's something that I just do, and it's something that I have to do, or else I feel horrendous about not doing it. And I don't mean taking a rest day. I'm fine with taking rest days and stretching and cut and resting and you know calming down and taking time away if I need to. But if I'm like forced out of it for a significant time period, just like there's a lot um, of probably aggression that would be pent up. Not I'm not an angry person, but channeling aggression is something that I've always been quite good at into something productive. For instance, weight training. Um, so if I lose that, I'd have to do something else for sure. I'd have to do something like mixed martial arts or you know, if, I, if I wasn't injured, you know. Something like that to really channel my... Because everyone's got aggression. Um, I try and be a good person most of the time, but again, everyone's got aggression in them. So finding a way to channel that is very important, I think. Um, but yeah, as I say, I don't need motivation nowadays um, to train because I absolutely love training. And above all else, above the way that it makes you look... Um, yeah, all the superficial stuff that people think comes with it. It's 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 not about that for me. It's about I love training. I love strength training. I like training with good form. I like hitting PRs in the gym. I like getting stronger. I like getting a pump. I just like it. It's really refreshing. It's um, it's still a hobby. You know, I don't I don't go to the gym and find it work find it as work because I now work in the industry. It's not like that at all. So again it's just something that I do it's just something that I do um, if I didn't love it I wouldn't do it and that's the God's honest truth I might do it maybe like three times a week I'd get, I'd get the most out of doing the least but I do train five six days a week because I just love doing that and I know that resonates with quite a few people that listen to this as well and yeah if I didn't enjoy it I wouldn't do it I'd do something else it's very simple but I would try and answer this from the perspective of someone that doesn't enjoy it or is like kind of trying to really keep the motivation as high as possible. Um, eliminate the things that you don't enjoy. Again, it goes back to that enjoyment factor. I sound quite boring. <laughs> but um, you're just going to... You're going to give up if you don't enjoy what you're doing. So if you're training in a calisthenics style at the moment and you don't like doing it, maybe switch to a strength training, like powerlifting route. If you don't like powerlifting, maybe move over to bodybuilding training. If you don't like bodybuilding training, go over to strength training. Just try these different things. Because if your goal is to look is to look better, feel better, and be stronger, then there's a multitude of ways you can do it. I know everyone hates on like CrossFit and stuff like that, but you can do CrossFit if you do it safely, and it's still going to yield some fantastic progress. Look at the guys that do it. They're in fantastic shape. Guys and girls that do it, they're in fantastic shape. So, yeah, just find it is what the, the method that you enjoy most in terms of your training that will still let you reach a goal like if you want to be big and muscly don't go for a run <laughs> that sort of thing um, then yeah you're absolutely fine to explore different avenues of that so hopefully that answers your question Paul we're almost 20 minutes in now so I'm quite conscious of time I'm now going to move on to a fantastic question asked by my friend Ryan so he asks why is it that overall energy and caloric needs are more important for body composition than the types of food you're consuming so basically what that is in layman's terms is why are calories more important than clean or bad or dirty food? I'm going to break it down for you in hopefully a way that everybody can understand. On a daily basis, your body will burn an amount of calories. 
That amount of calories is calculated on your TDEE, and that's an abbreviation for your total daily energy expenditure, all right? And that is broken down into, I believe, four segments. If I'm wrong, please, please tell me. So I've got basal metabolic rate, that's your BMR, and that is the amount of calories your body burns on a daily basis just being alive. So if you just like lie in bed all day, this is the amount of calories that you'd burn and do nothing. You wouldn't move the entire day. All right, and then we have your EAT. That's your exercise activity thermogenesis, EAT, okay? And then we have your NEAT, which is non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So how many calories you burn when you're not doing exercise, you know? So an, your EAT is how many calories you burn doing exercise, like a gym session, for instance, and your NEAT is everything outside of that. So like walking to, to work or walking to the shops or walking your dog, that sort of thing. That's your NEAT. And lastly, your thermic effect of food, thermic effect of feeding. So the calories that you burn through, I think, digestion and, and things like that. Um, protein has the highest thermic effect of food, which is why, or it's one of the reasons why a high protein diet is always going to be advantageous, whether you're losing body fat or gaining muscle, protein always has a place in there. However, the thermic effect of food is not that significant. It's not as high as the other three, BMR, EAT, and uh, NEAT. So yeah, that's um, that's how your body's TDE is calculated by those four factors. So once again, just being alive, the exercise you do, the exercise you do outside of training, and the food that you intake. Again, if I miss out any, please inbox me and shout at me because I'm, sure I'm supposed to be a professional at this. Um, yeah, so that's your caloric TDEE. That's how many calories you burn on a daily basis. If you were to eat under that amount, let's say, for instance, my TDEE is 3,000 calories. If I were to eat 2,500 calories, I would lose body weight. No matter what foods I ingested, I would lose body weight. If I ate pizza, burger, and ice cream for 2,500 calories worth, which wouldn't be a lot, but if I ate that much, my body weight would reduce. It's as simple as that. Let's flip that on its head. If I eat 3,500 calories of chicken and broccoli, I would gain weight. And that is, again, it's a very, very simple energy balance equation in terms of being in a caloric surplus. So you're eating a surplus of calories. You're eating more than you need. So then you will gain um, body fat, muscle mass, you know, stored glycogen, water weight. That's, that's the effect of a surplus. And a deficit... If you're eating adequate protein and training with resistance, then you will lose body fat, mainly. You'll still lose muscle a little bit. Um, but again, it's, it's body fat if you're doing the things properly. And the food types do not matter. Because Ryan specifically asked me about body composition. Not health, nothing else, not digestion. Body composition, which means the way you look and your body weight and stuff. And that is why overall caloric intake is more important than the types of food you're consuming. Now... That's not me telling you to go and eat pizza, burgers and ice cream all day because that would just be stupid because you'd feel awful because you're not getting any like kind of essential vitamins, minerals, micronutrients, etc. from those foods. Your performance, your gym performance would be terrible because you'd be sluggish all day. Your diet should be whole food based and then maybe 15, 20% of whatever you like because I'll be completely real with you guys. If I had to eat chicken and broccoli all day, I wouldn't do this. I'd do something else. It's as simple as that. Like I can't, I can't stress that enough, people. Like, I don't eat like a rabbit. 
I love food. It's one of my pleasures in life, and that's that's always been the case with me. So that if that was taken away from me in order to pursue this, forget about it. I wouldn't do it. So again, just try and aim for foods that are going to satiate you, so fill you up more. So that's more whole foods. Um, and then if you have a spare 300 or 500 calories left at the end of the day, go and get yourself some Halo Top ice cream. All right, it's it's pretty filling still. It's 300 calories worth, decent amount of protein. It's simple as that. Simple as that. Food types do not impact body composition. Caloric intake does. I hope that answers everyone's question, or Ryan's question at least. I know he knows the answer to this, but this is to people that don't. If you need any more or anything cleared up about that, drop me a DM on Instagram and I will help you understand and divulge what I just said. Lastly, this is from Ben. We're about 25 minutes in, so I'll make this the last question. I'll wrap things up. If you're still listening, thank you very much. Uh, and Ben asks, can you explain the rep ranges or RPE, which is rate of perceived exertion, for muscle growth, etc.? <sighs> this is not a black and white answer, okay? Um, and I don't actually... I don't calculate RP myself, I don't ask my clients to calculate it, and I don't get my one-to-ones to do it either. All right, I, I don't, this is pretty controversial, I don't see the benefit um, to leaving reps in the tank. Obviously, if you're a powerlifter and you have to hit certain numbers at certain times and stuff like that, I'll be honest, I'm not a powerlifter, I don't know about that. I train for, for one, enjoyment, and I would not enjoy leaving reps in the tank. I'd feel unsatisfied and just that I haven't worked hard enough. I like taking a muscle to like so close to failure. If you watch my videos on Instagram, you can most of the time tell there's nothing left in there. I often drop weights because I can't do it. Or I rack the weight because I can't do it. Or I'll just drop whatever's in my hand because I can't do it. Because I've reached muscular failure with perfect form. So... And again, it works. Training to failure works. So it's just such a simple way that, to make sure that you're training hard enough. And for instance, I'm quite a low volume advocate trainer as well. So no more than two sets myself, no more than two working sets. If I took five or six working sets to failure, I would be a neurological mess. My CNS would be in tatters. It'd just be such a counterproductive thing to do and that's where RPE and things come into play if you're doing more than like three or four sets then start leaving reps in reserve because you cannot get away with training to failure like that all the time Um, and again for me it's about enjoyment it's not about being the most efficient person that I can be in the gym it's about having the most fun I can whilst making decent progression so RPE until you fail alright and again Ben is a very knowledgeable guy when it comes to stuff like this. So I know that he knows the answer. He's just asking this that I can have my my take on it and give you guys some value, which hopefully I have done. So yeah, train to failure, make it safe as well. So your execution must not slip and just enjoy that. But if you enjoy leaving reps in the tank and training, training like a bitch, then yeah, you can, you can kind of get your RPE. This is um, pretty controversial now, isn't it? You know, but again, this is just this is just who I am. I'm pretty um I'm pretty controversial with the things I say sometimes. Um, I'm pretty straightforward with my approach. Train very hard, track my calories and protein, and enjoy what I do. It's very simple. And yeah, that is all the questions. And we are 27 minutes deep, so we're not even half an hour in. I think this would be a good place to end now. So, 
again, for those of you who listened to this the entire way through, a massive thank you. If you if you got any value from this, I'd appreciate it a lot if you were to share this post on your Insta story because this is the first podcast I'm doing. I'm not massively known in the industry, so this won't get a lot of natural reach myself. So you guys, yeah, I'm asking for you guys to, uh, to help me out. This is a free service, man. I'm doing this for free. I'm doing this because I want to help you guys as much as I can. So if you've got any value whatsoever from it, you enjoy listening to it, it passed some time for you, then please help me out. Just give me a share. And as I say, bi-weekly is the sort of frequency that I expect to do these in. Um, guests are going to be coming thick and fast very soon. But if you guys like the solo ones, let me know as well. So yeah, get the questions in as well for next time. Um, I pick about three and go into some detail with them. So DM me the questions. DM me some feedback as well because again this is my first ever podcast so it's not going to be perfect I know that and I appreciate that but all we can do is try and learn so again guys thank you very much for listening I hope you had fun hope you enjoyed hope you learned something peace out <laughs>